strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Let's put it this way. What the Cardinals did to the Titans in that joint practice last week, what the Cardinals did to the Titans in Nashville to start last season, is exactly what we had for basically lunch and dinner every night. Smoked and shredded Tennessee-style barbecue. I mean, what the Cardinals did to the Titans is exactly what the game plan needs to be for every single opponent, what they need to serve up every single Sunday this season, pulled, sliced, and slow-cooked in that 90-degree heat and humidity. Cardinals are back. The regular season's around the corner, and we've got the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi here. Ron Wolfley on assignment. So it is a pleasure to welcome in Rob Fredrickson. Rob, are you regular season ready? Holy pulled pork. Hey, buddy. <laughs> and let me tell you. I, I am ready. <laughs> let me tell you, about three days into last week, I resembled that remark. I mean, when, when Ron Wolfley says, hey, Paulie, pump the brakes on the barbecue, you know you've yeah. hit rock bottom. That, yeah. that really is the abyss. So I, I, I had to, I've been on a cleanse ever since, Rob. So my, my wife's from Texas. It's brisket there, man. I'm all about the brisket. So, <laughs> so okay. You, you know we're getting ready for the regular season when the two worst days of the season have just passed. Yeah. Those are the words of Cliff Kingsbury talking to the media. Last couple of days, of course, it's cut down day. And just because you make the final 53 doesn't mean you're going to make it to week one because then there are moves with the practice squad and off the waiver wire and, and so forth. It's an evolving, churning thing, this final roster and, and rob is a guy who played a decade in the league what's that like in the locker room what's it like that must be that must be thicker than the humidity of nashville just hanging over everyone's head as you wait for the turk to make his way around a locker room yeah i mean after after that last preseason game the next couple of days it's it's uncomfortable for everyone even if you know you're on the bubble uh, especially it's it's uncomfortable but even if you're a guy that uh you know is solidified as a starter or, or just you know you know that you're going to be on the team you're going to be on that 53 man roster it's still uncomfortable you don't know what to say you don't know how to act it's uh, you know, it's just kind of hide in the weight room or something. It's it's really yeah. uncomfortable, um, but it, unfortunately, it's it's a part of the business, and and that's what this is. It's a business. Um, a lot of these guys that got released are going to find a home somewhere else based on on what they put on tape in this preseason. Rashard Lawrence is going to be our guest tonight. Nose tackle extraordinaire. We're going to bring him on, and and we'll talk about some of that that dynamic and what. 
he and his teammates have just gone through. We'll get into a whole bunch of different storylines. We're going to get into the cornerback room. We're going to talk about the defense as a whole. I want to get thoughts from Rob as a guy who played that linebacker spot in the NFL, what he thinks about both inside and outside linebacker, the pass rush. But let's start with what Cliff Kingsbury called the stars of camp, Andy Isabella, and Greg Dorch, because Greg Dorch, along the lines you were just talking about there, Rob, said today was the day that he could finally exhale, that once you saw the waiver claims that were submitted at 1 o'clock today, was that's when you realize, okay, I'm on this 53, and, and, and look, in Dorch's case, wouldn't you agree? I mean, sure, he's been cut five times at least coming into this season, but his play throughout the month of August, he made this team and then some. Oh, no question. He he was outstanding in the in the preseason. Uh, just did everything the coaching staff asked of him. Uh, he's he was consistent, great hands, speed, route running ability. Did everything that was asked of him, special teams wise. Um, I, I'm really happy for Greg Dorch. Uh, you know, he, nobody deserved to be on that 53 man roster more than him. And then, of course, well, we'll let Cliff Kingsbury talk about it because there was another star camp, and, and when he was asked about Greg Dorch and company, here's what the head coach told the media today. All last year on scout team, it was to the point where I'm like, dude, you got to stop doing that because we're losing the confidence on defense. I mean, he was making that many plays a day, and he's, he's just a baller. That's what he is. And then my big deal was learning the offense inside and out where we can trust you on any given play. You're going to know what to do. You're going to do it right. You're going to be where we expect you to be. And he's really worked hard at that through the spring and summer, and it paid off. You saw the plays he was making in the games, and he does it in practice. And, um, you know, the stars of camp really to me were Andy, him, and, and Hamilton – uh, they really stepped up and all performed at a high level, took advantage of their opportunities. You know what? It makes sense that Isabella and Greg Dortch really pushed each other in the offseason. But let me ask you this, Rob, because it's a question I asked Dortch himself. And, and I kind of treaded lightly because I, I wanted to know to what degree is he confident he can make all these plays in the regular season? Because we've seen preseason stars before. If you rewind back about 10 years, the yeah. Stephen Williams of the world, right? I, I remember. For the Cardinals, sure. So, and, 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 and he looked me, and you know what? I don't think he was offended by the question because he knows as well he's got to prove it. But he came in last year, week 17 against Dallas. He made a couple of plays. He made a big chunk catch. But they're going to be counting on him, especially in the absence of a DeAndre Hopkins and possibly Antoine Wesley. We still don't know with Rondell Moore. So what's your confidence level he can perform in the regular season? I think he can. His game, his game translates uh, in football into the, into the regular season. It just does. Uh, just his, his running ability, uh, speed. The great hands, and now that he has a, a better grasp of this offense, and he's more in sync with Kyler Murray, the quarterbacks, um, and and the receiving group as a whole, um, I don't I don't see a, a drop off uh, in performance for Greg Dortch when he gets the opportunity, and he will have opportunity early on, especially because you you do you're right, you have question marks with with some guys with Antoine Wesley, uh, Rondell Moore, you know we don't really know DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out so. Uh, Greg Dorch is going to get some playing time, and he's going to get it early. So um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. I, I think he's going to perform uh, as well, if not better, than he did in the preseason. And to me, if Rondell Moore is going to be the guy who's going to be downfield a lot more than he was last year, well, there's still that role in Cliff's offense where the receiver who's going to be the jet sweep kind of guy, he's going to go horizontal and lateral to the line of scrimmage. I could easily see that being a Greg Dorch or perhaps an Andy Isabella with the 4-3 speed. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that because that's a big part of, of Cliff's offense, kind of that that behind the line of scrimmage, wide receiver screens. It, it, it basically what it is 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 keeping defenses honest, making them creep creep up those safeties and get those linebackers' attention, and then we'll dump it over the top. So it's going to be a, a part of a of a Cliff Kingsbury offense. But um, I, I am more excited than more so uh, for that. But I'm more excited for uh, really seeing Rondell Moore stretch his legs a little and get downfield. Yeah, it's sort of the equivalent of Cliff Kingsbury using the receiver in that capacity you described, like the Warriors spreading the floor in basketball, right? Making a, a defense defense sideline to sideline. And what I think was most encouraging, at least to me, about Dorch and Andy Isabella, because you're talking about Greg Dorch, a guy they list at 5'7", yeah. is that they made catches downfield, they made catches in traffic, they made contested catches. And after the game, we had a chance to talk with Andy Isabella in Tennessee, and you just, the intensity was palpable in Andy Isabella. And, and I asked him, what do you hope that you and Greg Dorch showed? Are we willing to stay in the fight when it gets tough? Um, when it get practice, it gets tough. When the days get tough, me and Greg, we still there. I think that's gonna go a long way. Just in football, life, and whatever. When going gets tough, sure we don't back down. We don't get back up and keep going. He went on to say, Rob, that he's always been overlooked, quote unquote, and sometimes he feels more comfortable when he's overlooked. And he said it was his job to make it as tough a decision as possible and that he quote came in with a fierce mindset and i knew i was going to dominate what was missing to me and he he was pretty forthright early in his career that his confidence was up and down it was sort of a roller coaster trying to determine whether he believed that he belonged in the nfl there's no question about that to me now with andy isabella all you have to do is listen to his interviews yeah and and when a when a player's playing with confidence at that position He's catching the ball with his hands away from his body. That's confidence. And you saw that from Andy Isabella in the preseason. Hadn't seen that before. That was one of the big knocks on him is he was a body catcher. Um, and he couldn't get off of the, the press man. He couldn't get off of the cornerback. The, the uh, so he's overcome a couple of those things. And, and uh, you know, to see him catch the ball with his hands with confidence, um, you know, running, running good, crisp routes, getting a couple of pass interferences downfield to extend drives in the preseason. Um, you know, Andy Isabella has really grown this offseason. You can see it. And I hope it translates on the field. I, I really do. I, I, you know, I, I feel for that guy. He's, he's been through a lot and, and he's, he's absorbed a lot of criticism and, you know, some of it rightly so, but some of it, I think maybe a little unfounded, but, um, you know, Andy Isabella is a guy that, you know, with, with what he has and what he can do, you know, you, you can't teach speed. It's, it's just something that, that you can't teach. And, and he has it. And uh, the Cardinals are able to find a way to utilize it to the best of their ability, man. Uh, that, that, there could be a, a, a spot for Andy Isabella. And as a guy who was told in the offseason that he could seek a trade, that his agent could call around and, and seek a trade, guess what? He might have a much bigger role than anticipated just based on the uncertainty right now in the receiver room. We know DeAndre Hopkins has gone the first six games. We know that. But what we don't know is Rondell Moore and Zach Ertz, for example. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury saying today it'll be close, quote-unquote, for week one. He said the same about Marcus Golden, although they do expect Marcus Golden to be on the practice field to start next week. And then, you know, Justin Pugh, they're going to see where he's at 
on Monday as well. You're starting left guard. If not, Cody Ford figures to be the guy getting all the reps there, and he has starting experience, obviously. But yeah, at least initially to start the season, look, there, there's a lot of uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball, Rob. Yeah, and that's not what you want to hear, right? You, you want to come out of out of the last preseason game with, uh, all right, everybody's healthy. We're, we're you know, Chiefs are on the clock. We're, we're getting ready for the Chiefs. Well, you know, when half our team is in the tub, it's it's kind of hard. But um, look, we got to get these. We got a couple weeks now. We got to get these guys healthy. Got to get them ready to go. Um, but again, Greg Torch uh, and Andy Isabella, they're going to get plenty of times, uh, plenty of opportunities where their names being called, especially early, because of the the situations or potential situations at, in that wide receiver room. And you know what? With five running backs on the roster, maybe you come out and you run it 30, 35 times against the Chiefs, right? You don't, you don't have to control. ask the old line twice about that. Ball control, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely, Paul. You know, I like it. And, and, and we know how important re-signing James Conner was to Cliff Kingsbury. And he was under wraps the entire month of August. So you bust out James Conner, you mix in some Daryl Williams, who's got to be ultra-motivated against his former team, and Eno Benjamin. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and and it's a run heavy type. I can, I can see it. Look, that yep. that's a that running back room is a strong room. Uh, get the tight ends healthy. Get them up there blocking. Let's run the ball against Kansas City. Episode thirty eight of the Dave Pash podcast featuring Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney. Available now where you get your podcasts or via Twitter at Pash Pod. All right. That D-line room, like who's the biggest ham, right? I mean, what Rashard Lawrence, who does he want to sack the most when it comes to quarterback? All next on the Big Red Rage. Give to Akers off the right side, nowhere to go. Brought down at the line of scrimmage. Lawrence was there first. Rashard Lawrence coming down the line. That kid has got a future. Brandon Allen under center turn, give, and into the backfield and throwing down the running back for a big loss is Rashard Lawrence. How about that tackle for loss? You know, players like to say that the most football play in football is the kickoff. As we say, welcome back in here to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Paul Calvisian, can we say that the most football player in football is the nose tackle? Can I say that? Because if you want to know if you're really in a game of football, I mean, full pads, full contact, full anarchy. I mean, just play nose tackle. Am I wrong on that? And I think we need a nose tackle to comment on that. And hence, our guest tonight, Rashard Lawrence, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what do you think? Real football, does it start at the point of attack, Rashard? It starts at the point of attack. Nose tackle, you're getting touched every single play. So if you think you're not going to get touched, you're playing the wrong sport. It is every play you are touching somebody and hitting somebody and what percentage of plays do you get touched by multiple guys double teams or more 90 percent of the time seriously yes so if you get a if you get a single one-on-one mano y mano block you're like this is a good this is a good rep right here gotta make the play gotta make the play <laughs> i see how are you playing you just went through camp okay some of the best words guys will ever hear is okay we just broke camp so you're done regular season around the corner i mean how do you feel where do you think your game is I feel good. Feel good. It was a successful training camp. Stayed healthy. Um, as a collective group, I think that we made some strides. This is our, I think, third year under Co- Coach Joseph's defense, and you know we know what to expect now. So going into KC Week One, 
we know what they're going to do. We know what the calls are going to be. And it's a real good feel just knowing, you know, having the same system for the last few years. How long did it take you, truly, now as you hit, as you think back, to, to really know the defense so you didn't have to think and you could truly just play? It took about a year um, to understand the ins and outs. Um, the playbook is easy, but just knowing how to do your job is very key. Um, where to fit at and all those different things play into it. But it took about a year to really understand the full concept of the defense. If you were talking to a rookie, you know, one of the young guys, I don't know, Manny Jones during camp, what have you learned about the NFL that maybe you imparted to him? Is there anything in particular, one or two just sort of bullet points like, look, it took me a while, but I learned A, B, and C about this NFL game that you'd be wise to keep in mind? Um, Number one, take care of your body. Um, That's a big thing that – um, the first couple of years I've kind of struggled with with some little nagging injuries, but number one, take care of your body, and number two, they watch everything you do, which is a good thing because you're held at a higher standard from college going into the next level. So did you train any differently, knowing that you've been you know, plagued and nagged by some of the injuries the first two years? Are you taking a different approach? Did Buddy Morris sit you down? Did you guys come up with a different strategy? What, what was the approach? It was a little bit of Buddy Morris and also just knowing that what are some what were some of the weaknesses that I had in my body that I wanted to take care of? So I just focused on those things going into the off season, and it's really helped out. Because if you are healthy, and Rashard Lawrence is our guest, what is your confidence level? You can be a top notch nose tackle in this league. I think it's it's very high. I think that when healthy, I put on some great things on tape. But the number one thing is just being able to be available week in and week out. What do you hope you've showed your new defensive line coach, Matt Burke, in terms of your game and your skill set? What do you hope you've already shown him? I want to show him that I'm a physical player and that I love getting off of the ball. Um, coach Burke is all about getting up the field, getting off of blocks and penetrating. So I just want to show him that I am a physical guy in the run game, and I can also give him some push on the pass. You know, you talk about getting off the ball. And, and when we're watching camp, we're watching some of the drills with the guys who played the game, right? When I'm standing there with a Kyle Vandenbosch or a Rob Fredrickson from our, from our crew who played NFL defense, you know, for 20-plus years combined, that's the first thing they cite about your game is your get-off, your explosion. Uh, where does that come from? And how much of that is just God-given? How much of that have you just trained over the years? Um, I think some of it is God-given, but it's also been instilled in me all the way from my days at LSU. Coach O used to have a saying, tick, 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 get off. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think about that all the time. Um, It's been something that I work on relentlessly to just have good get off. Because if you're a nose tackle, to what degree is that the key? To get that first step and get underneath or inside a guy? It's definitely important because these guys hang and feet are so good at this level that you have to be able to get in and get on your target because if you don't then that's where your eyes can start playing tricks on you and you can be reading different keys but when you're toned in on your key that really does help hey Rashard Lawrence is our guest here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert you met the media a handful of times last year and inevitably it came around to run defense let's sit zoom out to the front seven and and look there were times when it was really good and there were times where it was a liability, the run defense last year. And you were pretty honest with the media. As you look back, what was the difference? What has to change this season to get that sort of consistency in stopping the run? I think that last year and the first couple years, it's never been a physical thing. It's always been 
just a run hitting for 20 yards, 30 yards, and you can do good the whole game, but if a run pops, that can mess up your yard average. And I think that we're a defense now that that was number one priority in camp was just stopping the run. I think we did a pretty decent job in the preseason of when we played Cincinnati and Baltimore of stopping the run. A couple runs got out, but the number one thing for us to – be successful, it's going to be to stop the run. Because when you guys give up a chunk run, I see it as a sideline reporter. I mean, that triggers guys, right? I mean, you guys come back to the bench, you're hot, right? For sure, for yeah. sure. It's definitely something that you don't like to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Burke, your new D-line coach, uh, you know, he, he'll give us a scouting report on you, give us a scouting report on him. What has he tried to institute in that room so far? Man, he is all about get-off. That is his number one thing that he preaches um, – day in and day out it's just getting off of the ball um attack react you know before you react to anything the f- your first two steps have to be in the game mm. in the ground so i think that coach burke is going to do wonders for our unit um we're a younger group excluding jj <laughs> who's been there a while but um we're a young group that's hungry and we want to play relentless jj watt was healthy the first seven games of last year it just seemed to be a different defense when 99 was there the whole jj watt effect that people talk about true or false true i think that some of the things that he does you just can't coach and when you have a player that's an x factor like that you kind of let him do his thing and everybody else play you know off of themselves so he is a hell of a player, and I'm excited for him. If I walk into a biker bar with you, 6'2", 308, that's what Lewis Jan, I feel a little tougher, I'm going to admit, okay? <laughs> How about when you guys walk into a game with J.J. Watt, three-time NFL defensive player of the year? D- d- does it bolster the confidence even just a little bit? Oh, it gives you the ultimate confidence. He is, I mean, what he does day in and day out on the field is second to none, and it makes my job easier and makes a guy like Zach Allen or Leckie's job easier. Zach Allen, speaking of, we had him on the Big Red Rage recently. He called Leckie, uh, and, I, and I quote, 300 pounds of torso. <laughs> does does Leckie get a hard time in the D-line room? I, I say he's 300 pounds of calves because his calf <laughs> muscles are humongous. He's just a large man. He is a very yes, large yes, man. Yes, <laughs> he's a dense human. Uh, there is just no doubt. Who, 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 gets the, who gets the most heat in the D-line room, and, and who's flipping guys the most stuff in, in the D-line? Who'd have to keep your head on a swivel for, or he might be giving you the business? Um... I would probably have to say Michael Dogby. Oh, really? Yes, Michael Dogby. Wow, I'll have to talk to Dogby about that. Okay. And uh, what do they give you a hard time about, Rashard? Come on. You know, if if, if they're giving you a hard time, you're a popular guy. So what do you hear it about? Um, They know I love to eat. They know that is my weakness. Anything food-related, they always ask me the questions because I can give you an answer. (laughs) What's your biggest liability? What's your biggest weakness? Milkshakes. Milkshakes? Oh, Oh, boy. Cookies and cream or salted caramel. (laughs) I mean, you're burning a lot of calories. You can afford a milkshake here or there, can't you? For sure. For sure. Definitely got to put that in the cheap meal. (laughs) That's good. What's in the D-line fridge? In the D-line room, come on. You guys got to have a fridge. What's it stocked with? Oh, we got Gatorade waters, <laughs> coconut water. Um, we had a whole snack room set up that Manny Jones put together with Rice Krispie treats, fruit snacks. We had a 
bunch of things. He was a precocious rookie, wasn't he? He, he knew how to go about it. Oh, yeah. He he was on his stuff on and off the field. <laughs> how was his Kyler impersonation, by the way? We've got various reports and reviews. What did you think of Manny Jones' Kyler impersonation? I think that it was very good, but very dragged out. If he would have just kept it short and simple, <laughs> See, right. yeah, okay. it would have been good. Less is more? Okay. As we wrap it up here with Rashard Lawrence and the Big Red Rage, Tell us about this defense. Just in general, what do you see? What do you know that maybe we're going to find out about this defense? That this defense has a good confidence building in the fact that we are confident in the scheme that we're being asked to do. Um, we're also we're experienced now with playing in the scheme for the same for a couple of years now. So I think that this defense has ultimate confidence in being able to stop anybody. I asked my Jay Sanders, is there a quarterback in this league that you would really like to sack? I didn't even finish the question, and he said Tom Brady. How about you? And where would Patrick Mahomes rate on that, the team you open with? Oh, wow. Um, definitely would love to get Tom Brady, but Patrick Mahomes, man, Super Bowl champion, hell of a player, that would be up on my list, too. It's a daunting task, isn't it? Oh, over, yeah. Open against Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's... I don't know if you've seen his numbers in week one of a regular season in his career. He's 4-0 with 13 touchdown passes and zero interceptions with a passer rating of like 134. Wow. And then you guys opened last year, obviously, with the jack stomping at Tennessee. I mean, what do you make? Just give me an early scouting report read on this game. What, what are you expecting? What sort of game? Uh, well, it starts to ends with Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's what makes the engine go. So it's going to be imperative for us to – be able to rush for and bring him down. We know that he is going to get out of the pocket a little bit, and that's where he can hurt us. But we have to be able to get pressure on him early because the offense starts and ends with him. And minus Chandler Jones this year, you guys got to get that interior pass rush, right? For sure, for yeah. sure. I think that we got some young guys that are hungry, um, but we are going to miss Chan, and we have to be able to get after the quarterback. Okay. What kind of milkshake was it again? If guys want to get on your good side, what kind of milkshake are they bringing you? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Okay. <laughs> I'll pass that along to some of the young guys, okay? Appreciate that. All right. Richard Lawrence, our guest here on the Big Red Rage. Once again, I mean, the most football player in football has to be the nose tackle. We continue right after this. to get around and bring that ball in. Third and ten, Roethlisberger forced out, keeps it downfield, and it's intercepted! Picked off by Mullen, and he still won it! Mullen into Pittsburgh territory and out of bounds. Darnold looking right, throws right, and that pass was it picked! Yes, it was! Incredible play by Trayvon Mullen! Mullen in tight coverage, just snatched it out of the air! That's the newest Cardinal. That also means the Cardinals now have five of the top 40 picks from the 2019 draft currently on their roster. Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, Byron Murphy, Cody Ford, and Trayvon Mullen pick number 40 in the 2019 draft. One of a pair of two new cornerbacks on the 2022 Cardinals. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Rob Ferguson filling in for Ron Wolfley. And before we get to the whole cornerback room, the biggest need, perhaps by far, on this roster, 
maybe just some takeaways real quick, Rob, from uh, what you heard from Rashard Lawrence. And uh, how, about, how about him saying that 90% of the time playing nose tackle, he faces a double team or triple team block. I mean, that is not an easy position to play. I, I agree with you, Paul. Nose tackle is football, right? And, yes. and I, I mean, when I played, it was defensive tackle. Uh, now it's nose tackle. You see, it's making a comeback. It's kind of like the fullback. Wolf, Wolf will get all excited, but um, you know, R- Rashad's—he uh, sounds like a guy that's got his head screwed on straight. Um, I, I, I love his enthusiasm for the game and for his teammates. Um, you know, if we, if we can keep these guys healthy on the defensive line, yep. And my big thing is keep those offensive linemen off of our best athletes which are our two inside linebackers, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Whether you have to hold the offensive lineman or do whatever you got to do, keep them off of those two and allow them to run and make plays. It's not glamorous, right? You know, it's a dirty job in there. Um, But for me, you know, that's the – that's the best way to ensure that you have a sound defense is when your inside linebackers are making the plays. Yeah, and, and I tell you, you're right on that. I mean, J.J. Watt, we know what he did for the Cardinals defense in that 7-0 and start before he had the season-ending yeah. injury, at least until the playoffs. Uh, you know, Zach Allen was playing on one leg much of last season. He has looked great. If those two can stay healthy, Rashard Lawrence, he's been nicked up quite a bit in, in his two years, but you heard his confidence. If healthy, he feels like he can be one of the better nose tackles yeah. in this league. He feels like he's already proved that, some of the things he's put on film. So, okay, now you look at that. You're right. If you can be stout along that line of scrimmage, let your linebackers go sideline to sideline. And then, of course, there's the cornerback room, the aforementioned cornerback room, and we know some of the struggles there. We know Antonio Hamilton, the uncertainty around his absence, and we'll get into that a little bit. But first off, the new guy who comes in, Trayvon Mullen, real quick, 6'2", 200. He comes out of Clemson, that 2019 draft, as we mentioned. He's about to turn 25. He's in the final year of his contract. He is ultra-motivated. And it doesn't hurt that he comes from the AFC West, where he has a career interception against Patrick Mahomes. He obviously played for the Raiders. He's going to know Derek Carr in week number two. But just the ability now to bolster that cornerback room, you, you could sense the relief in Cliff Kingsbury talking to the media today, Rob. Yeah, and, and I don't look, I don't think Steve Kime is done. I, you know, I'm sure there'll, there'll be some more that, that uh, he's looking at and, and maybe a, a couple more that, that, that are added. But um, I, it was a great pickup for the Cardinals, uh, obviously a position of need. But uh, I love Trayvon's size. I do. Uh, to be 6'2", 200 pounds at a cornerback and be able to run like that um, at that position, to me, is, is a big plus. Because if you can get physical, get hands on these wide receivers, um, you know, it really it redirect them and get them off the timing of their routes. That that's half the battle right there. And so, um, you know, I, I think it was a good pickup for the Cardinals, and I'm sure they're going to continue to be active and in, in free agency. You got to figure he gets every shot to play the outside corner position, as opposed to the other corner they claimed from the Jets, uh, Javelin Gidry. He's five nine, a buck ninety one, but he also ran a four two nine at the combine. Two thousand twenty undrafted guy, but he's been with the Jets the last couple of years. Five starts in twenty eight career games. He excels in special teams as well, so he's been added to that cornerback room. In fact, here's Cliff Kingsbury talking about Trayvon Mullen and Javelin Gidry. We needed depth. Um, I'm excited to have more bodies in there and, and see where we can we can use them. Yeah. How, how, what's realistic? You heard Rashard Lawrence say, you know, what a blessing it is that he's in the same system now his third year. 
What sort of degree of difficulty is there for those two corners to come in and, and have to do a speed learning job of the Vance Joseph defense? Uh, it's, it's, it's very doable. Uh, defensively, it's, um, it's just the terminology. But look, cover two is cover two. Cover three is cover three. Man, cover one. That, it, that's the same. It's universal. So it's, it's just getting down the terminology in terms of uh, potentially when you have a bracket or when you have uh, uh, some help and knowing where the help is. So those will be the, the learning curve issues that uh, I think they can resolve it pretty quick. But I love the name, right? Javelin? Yes. Well, I mean, Paul, wasn't it, what, what, weren't you the guy that measured how far the javelin went in high school? You were you were out there running around. <laughs> that's, that's good. No, Trying that's good. not to get hit by one of them. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, was, I was dodging the shot put and the disc <laughs> and the javelin. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's I. That's I worked on my agility yeah. in the uh, field part of track and field. Okay, that's enough, Rob. Okay. <laughs> enough of the reindeer games. Let here, here's the thing with this with this with this room, and, and for everything that we're worried about when it comes to the cornerback spot. And sure, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's not a ton of depth. I get it. Now you got a couple of new additions. If Isaiah Simmons is going to be a safety in coverage, and he is, I mean, look, he just is. And I think in week one, he even hinted that Travis Kelsey is going to be his assignment. If a Buda Baker and a Jalen Thompson have experience in the slot as well, I just think you're going to see a lot of different combinations from Vance Joseph. And, you know, you just have to make sure that that cornerback room isn't a complete liability. Obviously, you can count on Byron Murphy. But the Ed Antonio Hamilton beating out Marco Wilson as the other starting corner before all of a sudden Antonio Hamilton has gone missing from Cardinals camp and for the team for something that no one really knows, at least in the media side, what's going on. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury, who's asked about it on a daily basis, here's what he had to say about Antonio Hamilton. Disappointing for him, just the journey that he's had and how he's worked and, and the level that he was playing at. You, you hate to see that. You hope he can uh, stay involved and, and come back and not miss a beat. But yeah, I think more than anything, it's disappointing for him just because he had earned a starting role at, at that position after uh, basically bouncing around a bunch of teams. And um, so hopefully he's back sooner than later, but we'll see. Yeah. One week, one month, more. We, we have no idea and just hope for all the best. Antonio Hamilton, uh, Marco Wilson. So here's Marco Wilson, and, and we saw his start to last year. And, and, Rob, you remember, we talked on the pregame show in October and November yeah. about he could be a legitimate rookie of the year candidate, Marco Wilson. As a starter, came in, and he grabbed a starting job as a fourth-round rookie with four years of playing experience at Florida. And then whether it was the rookie wall, which he admitted might have been a factor, or otherwise, he just all of a sudden – for the first time in Cliff Kingsbury's tenure as head coach, he was getting called out by the head coach in the media. So I, I, there's no doubt that he's in the spotlight. Is he not Marco Wilson? And they're counting on him now more than ever. Yeah, well, they need to put all that aside because you're right. They, they need him and they need him now. And, yes, last year I, I, I do think he hit the rookie wall, and it is a real thing. But I also think he hit the Cardinals wall, just like everybody else on the team. Um, I, you know, nobody was out there winning any gold medals uh, at the end of the season. So, it, you know, it, it, it's when when <laughs> when things are kind of going south, it's easy to get caught up in that, whether whether, you know, you realize it or not. And, I, you know, and I think there's there's some inertia behind that. And, and Marco Wilson, his play kind of followed that, followed everybody else for that matter. So. Yeah, they're going to count on him a lot, uh, especially early. And and, and it's it's a position of 
uh, very weak right now in terms of just depth. And and so the, Marco Wilson's going to have to play and, and be a be a stud out there for, for the Cardinals. Antonio Hamilton, don't know what's going on with him, but um, if it's excused, it's nobody's business. And, and, you know, yeah, we hope the best for him and hope he gets back um, as soon as possible. But, you know, if, it, if it's however long it is, it is. And uh, we just got to have guys that's, uh, around him that step up. People ask me about the defense. Here's what I tell them. I say, look, the starting 11, the first 12, 13, 15 players, you're all good. Let's ball, yeah. right? Cardinals yeah. think they're confident. But then if you start getting injuries, dot, 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 that's where the concern might creep in. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's just thin, um, uh, you know, at various positions on this team. And um, outside linebacker is going to be interesting for me just to see how how we uh, replace Chandler Jones and how we come up with with some pressure on the quarterback. That's going to be another position that uh, I'm going to be watching closely against the Chiefs. You know what? We may have gotten a few answers from Cliff Kingsbury on that front earlier today. We'll get into that outside linebacker, the pass rush, inside linebacker where the Cardinals stand there, the surprise in the final 53 we'll talk about. Hey, Cardinals season tickets available now at azcardinals.com slash season. For more info, we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. power run game look as they have an eye formation fullback checks into the game and a give to the tailback Haskins trying the right side nothing doing he is stacked up and thrown down Zayvon Collins in the backfield a big tackle for loss and he gets up to celebrate how about Zayvon Collins after the game that was Tennessee we had a chance to interview Cliff Kingsbury right after the game where Zayvon Collins saw a few series and Cliff Kingsbury saying, and I quote, the read and react is by far where I've seen the biggest improvement, end quote, although he does still call Zayvon Collins a, quote, work in progress. We're just going to find out how much we'll see of that work in the regular season. It's around the corner. We're wrapping up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, and a guy who spent a decade in the linebacker room in the NFL, Rob Ferguson. Rob, what did you see out of the uh, first rounder last year, Zayvon Collins, this preseason? Well, there's a lot to like, especially uh, last week. I mean, Zayvon, that, that's what you want. If you can bottle that up, just uh, I'm telling you, when, when he knows where he's going, uh, he gets there with with some anger and some bad intentions, and you saw that um, during that game. He he blew up the offensive tackle and made the play for a tackle for a loss. So, you know, Zayvon Collins, it's it's always just kind of from this point uh, back, looking back, it's it's just been a, a recognition and an understanding and and just kind of deciphering all the information pre snap. It's it, that's been I think his biggest issue, just information overload. And if he can just kind of quiet his mind um, and just calm himself and just trust what he sees and, and, and play the position, I think he's going to have a very successful career. Yeah, if anything, he, he probably overthinks it. Yeah. You, know, you, you talk to I mean, he's a very bright guy, valedictorian of his high school class, so that's not an issue. But he also didn't get a lot of defensive snaps, at least not an inside linebacker a year ago. When we did see him the latter half of last season, he was on the edge quite often. And so I would imagine the big question for Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury is, okay, he needs on-the-job training, but can we afford that? 
that's risky, is it not? Especially when you're going against the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford to start the season. They're always looking for an advantage in terms of matchups, and they'll always target an inexperienced guy. Yeah, there's there's no learning on the job. You know, if look if, if Zayvon Collins continues to struggle, he's just not going to be out there. And and there's enough players, there's enough uh, talent at that inside linebacker position to to fill that void. Uh, you look at Nick Vigil, Ezekiel Turner, Tanner Tanner Vallejo. Those guys can all play. Um, I think Zayvon Collins will get it, and I think he's going to have a very good year. Um, but on the, on the off chance that he doesn't, um, I, you know, my, my level of concern is is not huge uh, when, when it comes to that position, because I think there's enough guys, enough depth at that position to to really uh, compensate if there, if there is a fall off. Yeah, there was another name in that inside linebacker room because there's six on the roster right now. Ben Neiman, who, yeah. who was a surprise. He he made it, and Chandler Wooten is on the practice squad, maybe because they could, maybe because they figured, okay, the undrafted rookie Wooten, we could get to the practice squad. Maybe we couldn't get Neiman there. Uh, so that was interesting. It was also interesting to hear Cliff Kingsbury today throw Zayvon Collins into his answer about outside linebackers and pass rush. So it makes you wonder if 25 is going to be on the edge a little bit. We know in that spot that a Devon Kennard was one of the surprise cuts. Obviously, he was released. And so now you're going with a lot of young guys. Victor Dimukeji, who, who was probably the most improved player in camp, at least based on what I saw, the two third-round rookies, Cameron Thomas, my Jay Sanders. And then, of course, there's Dennis Gardak, who very much looks like 2020 Dennis Gardak, as opposed to last season coming off the ACL. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury asked today if Gardak, the barbarian, can get to double-digit sacks this year. The last time that he was really healthy, I mean, he, he with the number of snaps that he had, the production was through the roof. And from what I've seen going against our guys in Tennessee, he's got a chance to uh, make some noise. He, he looked good against Tennessee in Nashville. He, he really yeah. did. He, he was a problem for a lot of those offensive linemen. Yeah, I think a couple of years ago, Dennis Gardeck kind of caught a lot of offenses and a lot of offensive tackles by surprise, right? They, they didn't know who this guy was. Some special teams guy coming out here to, to rush the, uh, outside. Uh, they kind of laughed at it, scoffed at it, I think. They, they maybe even insulted. But uh, when he blew right by him or got underneath their chin and, and was in the quarterback's face, uh, they weren't laughing. And, you know, obviously he got injured last year. That was, that was uh, unfortunate. But, um, you know, I don't think Dennis Gardeck is going to surprise anyone anymore. I think the word's out on him. Um, and, and kudos to him for coming back and, and just being the, the, the warrior that he is. Um, and he can still get underneath people. He can still run around people. He's, he's a guy that uh, just has an unstoppable motor. And I'm excited to watch him play. Um, you know, it's time too for these rookies to step up. Uh, Cameron Thomas and and my Jay Sanders, um, put your hand in the dirt and come off the edge or stand up, however you want to do it. But um, you know, we we drafted these guys high for a reason, and it's time for them to to contribute and and to uh, put their mark down on this. And hey, we might even see forty four starting next week. Cliff Kingsbury saying today about Marcus Golden, quote, yeah. you'd like to get junk going. He calls him the bell cow, the outside linebackers hinted he might be on the practice field starting next week. The whole toe injury thing. Uh, so we'll see about that. We also heard from Isaiah Simmons that he'll be wearing the green dot. He'll be relaying the defensive play calls from Vance Joseph. Here's Isaiah Simmons. Ah, uh, the green dot, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't have to worry about not hearing the call from anyone or, or anything of that sort. So maybe in the past, you know, we've had some times where guys aren't getting the call. Um, but me being, like, involved with the secondary, 
um, I realized the stress of getting the call to everybody, especially the far side corner. So um, I feel like ever since then, you know, ever since I've like started calling it, we've uh, been able to get the call out and get lined up. What do you make of that, Rob? Yeah, he's right. There's a challenge, especially with the secondary, in terms of getting the the play calls in and and getting it uh, accurately communicated across the entire field. Especially if the play before was a, a deep pass on the far sideline. Um, yeah, those wide receivers could just you know step out of bounds and uh, a, a new sub come in. But for the for the cornerback. He's got to run all the way back, and especially if they're going no huddle, he's got to run all the way back, try to get somewhere near a huddle and and get the play call and get it accurately communicated and then go back out and, and line up. So it, it can be a challenge. Um, you know, look, hand signals and, and uh, uh, wrist, uh, wrist guards with, uh, with, uh, with the uh, playing calls and, and uh, with numbers and a, uh, for the play calls. That, that's an easy fix um, that, that we can all get on the same page without having to huddle up. Here's a question I want to ask yeah. Vance Joseph. Who's going to make the checks? Who's going to make the adjustments? After you make the play call that's relayed in via the speaker and the, and the helmet, then, of course, you know, the offense comes out and they show a different look or there's an audible because, obviously, last year that was Jordan Hicks. And I remember Vance Joseph talking in detail about how it would be a cat-and-mouse game between the quarterback and Jordan Hicks and how he would make a, a two or three checks to the original play call. So I wonder who that might be in that capacity this year. Yeah, I mean, for checks to go to the defensive line in terms of alignment, in terms of games that they're running that may change with motion or shifting, that's got to be the middle linebacker, whether it's in a, a traditional personnel or if it's uh, nickel or dime. Whoever that, that Mike linebacker position is, that's got to be the person that makes the checks up front. And then you, your safety, whoever whoever your, your safety is that typically makes those calls, they got to relay any coverage changes in the back end. All right, so maybe a Buda Baker or Jalen Thompson, uh, you know Nick Vigil if he's your Mike Backer, maybe Zayvon Collins. So yeah. we'll see. It's right, and it was funny because Isaiah Simmons joked. He said it, that Vance Joseph looked him in the eye and said, "Everything I say in that mic, I need you to tell everybody." And then he, <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, and sometimes Vance Joseph will just keep talking all the way up to the 15 second mark. So it's really testing his recall ability. Oh. Hey, you know, so yeah. special thanks, Rashard Lawrence, Rob Fredersen. Thank you, I'm Paul Calvi. See, special thanks as always, Jim Omohundro, Zach Larson. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.